This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi there, and welcome to the Explaining History podcast. Um, today, I'm going to talk a little bit about Khrushchev's uh, secret speech in 1956 that sort of decisive break with the legacy of Stalinism and was a clear denunciation of uh, Stalin and the cult of personality that surrounded him. Stalin died in 1953, on the 5th of March, in circumstances which uh, some conspiracy theorists um, suggest, um, imply that he may well have been uh, murdered, possibly by Beria, um, his uh, chief of uh, secret police. Um, whether this is the case or not is, is a moot point, probably something that um, will never in our lifetimes be uh, properly un- uncovered, the uh, degree to which Russia guards her archives now uh, in the uh, uh, renaissance of kind of uh, Russian uh, secrecy uh, that's underway at the moment uh, means that uh, any, any answer to that one is probably out with our, uh, our ability to understand but the man was 74 and he um, had, had, had Ill, uh, Ill health um, problems for a number of years. And the uh, paranoia that surrounded him meant that he, uh, he, he died alone. And uh, the security, security surrounding uh, his apartment uh, meant that there was nobody able to get into the room for well over 12 hours. There are a number of uh, diarists from the time who report uh, this curious condition existing in um, Stalinist Russia of an immense confusion um, about what to do following his death, uh, a sense not just at the highest political levels but kind of seeping deep down through society of um, a, a kind of emasculation, a sense that um, there was, nobody was capable of taking any action without Stalin being there. Stalin, the figure um, who had uh, seen Russia through the Great Patriotic War, 1941-45, and who had transformed Russia with the five-year plans. His cult of personality, uh, particularly post-war, had been such that it it, um, had kind of eviscerated um, and gutted uh, Russian um, Soviet politics and society. Uh, to the extent that um, there was a, a kind of a paralysis following Stalin's death. 
For five years after his death, there was a power struggle culminating in 1958 with uh, Khrushchev's uh, emergence uh, as general secretary. Uh, but in 1956, Khrushchev uh, took the extraordinary step, really, of uh, denouncing Stalin uh, in a secret speech at the 20th Party Congress. And the speech was titled, On the Cult of Personality and Its Consequences. It is interesting to note, though, um, that 1956 was not the beginnings of de-Stalinisation. Almost immediately following Stalin's death, the gulags, um, who had a combined population of about 3 million at that particular point, start to be emptied. Um, Lavrenti Beria, the um, final uh, of Stalin's uh, three uh, great henchmen from Yagoda to Yezhov, uh, to Beria himself, was a man who, um, whilst being uh, utterly ruthless in his personal and his um, party uh, conduct, still looked at the Gulag and realised it was a, a, a huge money-losing enterprise, that the uh, labour that was extracted from prisoners was in many cases next to useless, and the actual administration of the camps was sucking up valuable resources that needed to be used now in the pursuit of the Cold War. The uh, the camps made no sense to him, and that was really the, the level upon which he was looking at things as um, head of the NKVD. And so the dissolution of the camps was only uh, was uh, possible um, following Stalin's death, isn't it? immediately um, a, a mass amnesty of prisoners. And within several years, the, the camps really have dwindled to a, a shadow of their former size. In part, this was due to a series of Gulag rebellions that took place in 1953 and 54. The uh, inmates of the Gulags were of a different breed to those before the war. Many were former soldiers who had been uh, unfortunate enough to be accused of being traitors and cowards during the war and had wind up behind the, behind the, the mesh of the Gulags. And uh, they had formed all sorts of alliances with the uh, criminals who had been the Urki the criminal classes who had been um, left to, uh, to rot in the gulags and used as kind of unofficial camp supervisors. Eventually, in 1962, Khrushchev would do something that no other Soviet leader had done up until that point, and that was to acknowledge the gulags and to discuss them. Uh, in an open, well, semi-open way. Um, this was seen as uh, a kind of uh, a, a topic that one in the uh, Politburo should never, never be seen to address. On the eve of Stalin's death, um, he appeared to be building up to the final purge of his life, the mass killings that had taken place between 1936 and 1938, um, had been the, the kind of the, the, the pinnacle of indiscriminate terror in Russia. But uh, after the war, his uh, view fell upon um, Jews in Russia, and particularly uh, Jews employed in the medical profession. His um, obsession with uh, Israel as an American ally made him uh, look upon Jews as being disloyal to um, the Soviet state. Um, and uh, an, an innate anti-Semitism has always really lurked in the back of Stalin's mind, 
came to the fore. But it was also more than likely going to be a perfect opportunity to purge um, people within the party who Stalin believed had got a, a bit too big for them, for him, for him to tolerate. Particularly Barrier. Um, Barrier survived, um, but was um, arrested and executed a couple of months after Stalin's death in June of 1953. So on the 24th of February 1956, the 20th Party Congress came to an end, and as the delegates dispersed, word got around that there was something else happening, and they needed to make their way back to the main chamber. Um, there were delegates who were given special passes to come in, the press and uh, non-party members were excluded, and uh, there was a, a general atmosphere that something momentous was about to happen. There had been certain party members who had been rehabilitated from the gulags who were uh, allowed to attend, about a 100 in all, who were there really to, to make a clear and um, bold statement to the, um, the the rest of the party, the there's an awful lot of symbolism within the uh, um, within the party uh, the party congresses that uh, send out clear and unambiguous messages. Khrushchev spoke for four hours in total, and some of the delegates were brought to the point of nervous breakdown. Now, this this isn't um, an, an overreaction. This isn't kind of um, melodrama. What was happening with these delegates, um, party members, is the entire basis of the world they had understood, many of them since they were children, was being turned upside down. Um, the, the revelation that Stalin had been a cruel and monstrous uh, leader um, was genuinely shocking to them. Even though many of them knew full well about the gulags, and many of them knew full well about the terror. To their eyes, these were both necessary things. The terror had been an essential uh, facet of, in their eyes, of strengthening Russia, not weakening it. Um, the, on the eve of uh, a war with fascism, Stalin uh, had been the conscientious router out of fifth columnists and traitors, and the kinds of people who um, would... Uh, goes on to betray Russia should she be invaded by the Nazis. The fact that Stalin had made a pact with Hitler in 1939 once again was conveniently edited from the narrative or interpreted as being an essential task that he had to do to play for time in order to prepare Russia for the great struggle ahead. Stalin had, was consistently interpreted as being a uh, obviously a benevolent and a caring patriarch, a, a kind of a father of the nation. Um, the the gulags once again were not places of uh, forced labour and torment. These were places where um, the uh, ethics of the of Soviet society were taught by people who had uh, veered away from uh, the practice of being good Soviet citizens or people who from uh, from enemy classes and needed to be taught the value of labour and about commitment to the Soviet idea and personal sacrifice for the greater collective good. That's where these people were sent and re-educated. This was the, the kind of the prevailing view. Um, and there was a, uh, it was a cathartic and shocking moment for a great many party members. 
Uh, and one that I, which I would imagine a great many of them probably rejected what Khrushchev had to say. There was, uh, it's, not, it's not simply a case that one speech can change people's minds. Now, the, the content of the speech is disseminated outside of the party circles by rumour, by um, uh, suggestion, really. Um, there, no stenographer's notes were kept. Uh, Khrushchev spoke from his own notes, um, and there was um, a, a, an immense kind of uh, ripple, if you will, of... Um, disquiet from the uh, 20th party congress and the uh, obviously this ripple disseminates westwards it's very quickly picked up uh, in- a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. In uh, Britain, America, and the rest of Europe, that something quite extraordinary has occurred. By March the 1st, Khrushchev had really um, found his his resolve. He had um, perhaps been a little anxious on uh, the the reading of the the speech that... um, there may be some kind of apocalyptic fallout. But by um, the 1st of March, he's actually had the speech uh, distributed and printed in thousands and thousands of copies to uh, party branches all across uh, the country. And this is the way, really, that uh, a mass understanding of the secret speech uh, is, is disseminated. This widespread dissemination of the secret speech has its uh, most important repercussions in Eastern Europe, but we'll uh, attend to that shortly. Uh, but first, we'll have a, a look at what the speech actually said and why particularly Khrushchev was saying the things that he was saying, given that he had been a key player in many of Stalin's crimes. Khrushchev uh, referenced Lenin's testament that was written at the end of 1922 and the first few weeks of 1923, it was the uh, obvious document to uh, bring out in order to tarnish Stalin's reputation. In fact, had that document been published 
at the time, in 1924, following Lenin's death, then there would uh, perhaps have been much less of a chance that Stalin would have made it to the position of um, dictator of the Soviet Union uh, by the end of the 1920s. There was um, a great missed opportunity there. All parties within the uh, testament, um, Trotsky, Zinoviev, Kamenev uh, and others, were roundly criticised, but Stalin was singled out for particular chastisement by Lenin, and um, his career would probably not have survived had that document been published. So it was a great place for Khrushchev to, to hit Stalin's memory where it hurt. Stalin's cult of personality was portrayed by Khrushchev as being a deviation from um, communist ideals, certainly something that Lenin had specifically requested did not happen to him in his lifespan or posthumously and the uh, assumption of um, dictatorial leadership and the, the withering away of collective leadership was again uh, seen as a deviation from the uh, the spirit of October 1917. Khrushchev was particularly uh, animated by the uh, effect of Stalin on his own party and the mass killings that took place in the 1930s. And the fact that though the, the purging of the party had resulted in the loss of so many, um, so many old comrades, um, he was uh, particularly uh, keen to emphasise Stalin's failings in the Great Patriotic War and the exaggerations of Stalin's role, the falsifications really, uh, the huge deportations of entire nationalities um, from different regions within the USSR, the, the dumping of Poles within Kazakhstan, the moving of Georgians and Uzbeks, and the um, mass killings that took place um, along the way. These were all topics that um, Khrushchev focused on. He's a bit less uh, keen to discuss the Soviet famines and his particular role in uh, the, the deaths of probably five, but perhaps more, more five million um, Ukrainian peasants uh, that happened at the beginning of the 1930s. He also focused on some of Stalin's um, other uh, more invisible legacies, such as the uh, suppression of um, all uh, artistic, cultural and literary endeavours to the cause of socialist realism, and the um, use of his particular cultural commissar, Andrei Zhidanov, in this pursuit. And this, again, would lead to something of a, a thawing uh, of uh, literary endeavours in the 1950s and 60s. So why did Khrushchev do all this? Why did he go to the time and the trouble to rubbish Stalin in this fashion, to uh, point out what many knew, and, to, and why did he uh, in, embrace the risks that this involved? Why did he do all of this when it was uh, perhaps un unnecessary, uh, given his um, assumption of the, the, the role of Premier? Well, more than likely, Khrushchev's motivation was to criticise Stalin in order to give himself a kind of a clear power base within the party, 
it was to give himself a, um, a, a to present himself as a break with the past and to outmaneuver rivals for his position. By damning Stalin and therefore damning other Stalinists and thus um, tippy-toeing around his own involvement in Stalinism, Khrushchev could uh, condemn a whole tranche of the past and the uh, people involved in it who were still alive in the present um, and thus create a new agenda for Russia based about, around Khrushchev's own position, ideas and outlook. Khrushchev proved himself very quickly um, in Budapest to be uh, no liberal once the uh, news of the secret speech had seeped into the uh, occupied uh, new Soviet empire of Eastern Europe, the first place that anti-Soviet uh, and anti-Stalinist sentiments really took hold was in Hungary. And I think it's probably better to uh, talk about the um, Hungarian uprising in a separate podcast because it re- requires a lot more depth and analysis. But the subsequent suppression of that demonstrated that um, Khrushchev was by no means um, a a man who wouldn't employ Stalinist tactics. As we can see uh, on the issue of um, missiles and uh, the shooting down of the U-2 plane over Russia, the Cuban Missile Crisis and the arms race between the Soviet Union and the USA. Uh, Khrushchev was also no stranger, um, as Stalin hadn't been, to confrontation and provocation with America and her allies and would still be a a very robust cold warrior, uh, perhaps in some ways more confrontational than Stalin had chosen to be. Part of this would be the cause of his downfall, which again is another conversation. What Khrushchev does achieve in 1956 is, uh, whilst there still is oppression in the Soviet Union, whilst there still is um, a paranoid police state, and whilst there still is uh, a violent uh, reaction to any suggestion of uh, uh, self-determination within uh, Eastern Europe, a great many of the, the central tenets of Stalinism die with the secret speech and are unrevivable. The uh, gulag system, is, um, whilst on, um, on its last legs, is forever, forever consigned to the dustbin of history following the secret speech. The uh, um, cult of Zhidanov and Zhidanovism is f- um, forever forgotten. And really there is a sense in Russia throughout the 1950s or and 60s of a thaw occurring and a, a general relaxation and liberalisation and the um, intense, uh, intense and widespread fear that existed at the end of the 1930s where terror became vastly indiscriminate, vastly more indiscriminate than it was in Nazi Germany in the same time period. That really becomes something of a thing of the past. Um, there are all sorts of interesting stories. If you read um, The Whispers by Orlando Figes, it's a, a good book, and Gulag by Anne Applebaum. There are all sorts of fascinating stories from this time period following the closure of the gates of the Gulags of people returning home and the very problematic 
situations they encounter of um, actually returning home sometimes to share a home with their denouncer or a neighbourhood with their denouncer or to discover that the person that denounced them is doing their job um, or has, you know, in some strange cases, married their spouse. Um, the um, painful return to non-Gulag society, to, to mainstream society in the Soviet Union for many Gulag inmates was something that they, they a great many of them, fail to, to really ever kind of successfully negotiate and a great many people come home uh, and continue their, their life in the gulag of one of constant fear over uh, food and shelter. And um, their, the attitudes and values that they learned in the gulag, those of uh, essentially kind of paranoia and violence, come home with them in a great many cases. But um, that's, a, that's a, slightly, a slight aside. Anyway, I hope this has been useful. If you want to read more about this, then you can get hold of my ebook, Stalin, the Gulags and the Five-Year Plans. You can find that at www.explaininghistory.com or you can follow the link underneath this podcast. If you want a bigger picture of the Russian Revolution, its cause, its uh, course, and its changes all the way through to the end of the 20th century, then you can also download Chris Kostov's The Communist Century. Um, that, again, you can find at explaininghistory.com, or you can download from the link below this podcast. And in an embarrassment of communist riches, we've got for students, uh, the Students' Guide to Explaining the Russian Revolution. Again, check out the site and follow the link. Anyway, I hope this has been a useful podcast for you and I look forward to catching you on the next one. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.